Hello and welcome to the North America Gaelic Football Podcast, the home of Gaelic football here in North America. I'm your host, Gareth McAlinton, along with our co-host, Connor Green. Before we get started, uh, just a quick shout out to our sponsors, Mesita, uh, who have been the official sponsor of the USGS since 2017. For those who don't know Mesita, uh, they have been Ireland's leading manufacturer of sports kits and teamwear. They are 100% Irish-owned family business who are passionate and dedicated on supplying their customers with quality gear and top-class service. So if your club is interested in getting involved with Mesita, feel free to direct message us and we will get you involved with the right people to help you with your club needs. All right, lads. The one and only Robbie Croft, Dublin's finest, is on the show. How are we doing, boys? How's it going, Robbie? Robbie, what's the crack with you? How are we going? Not too bad, lads. Thanks for having me. No bother. No bother. So where do we where do you even start with this lad? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a well travelled man, Robbie. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, I am being well. I fell I, I started playing football, I suppose, in Dublin. Um from I'm from Kilbarrick. It's on the north side of Dublin. So my, my local club was neighbour Oak. They were a good old team, uh, they were division two. You know, they were always kind of there, thereabouts. Um, so I suppose when you're, when you're like 12, 13, 14, I suppose I was watching my older brother play the whole time. What you want to do is you want to play senior football. You want to get up there and uh, kind of, I suppose I was 16 when I broke into the the senior panel there in, in Neighbour Oak. Um, spent a few years there. Uh, kind of. Then I started bouncing around and I then I got the, uh, the travelling fever. You know, so... I think I was about 20, and I ended up going to Australia for a while. Uh, played a bit of football over there. And obviously, you know, you come back to the clubs, you know, they're crying out, they want you back. You know, we have a good team this year and stuff like that. And um, I suppose it was in 2010 when I decided to make the move over to <laughs> to Boston for the weekend. <laughs> Ten years later, <laughs> you're still here. Like, so, uh, yeah, now it's good. It's been been it's been a good journey um yes we landed in boston then and uh started playing football i signed up with kerry um kerry gaa they were kerry were going good at the time my brother was actually over here in 99 2000 so i kind of had he had a couple of friends that were still here and they were always looking for players and stuff like that and um he was one of the reasons why i came to boston and came to kerry kerry football so it was uh, it was good good journey then yeah, exciting times. I remember you uh, the GA scene now in uh, like Ireland versus Australia versus US. Well, obviously, like you know, obviously Dublin is uh, fifteen aside. Australia is the same as fifteen aside. You come into Boston, it's thirteen aside straight away. It's uh, for the forward. It's a, it's an absolute dream. Space, it's pockets of space everywhere. But on the other side of it, there's a hell of a lot more running. You know the pitches. The pitches. It's a lot bigger. You got to cover a lot more ground. Um, it's been so long since I've played fifteen aside. You know, you just get used to it. You know, and even when lads come out there, even tonight, the boys were talking. You know, thirteen aside. It's like it's a dream. It's a it's a nightmare for the back, but for the forward, it's an absolute dream. Or a running midfielder, it's a dream. Um, but it's yeah, it's big big difference. You know, like. 
I mean, it's 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 dream for the nippy corner forward or somebody who's that like quick ten yard step, like and big and strong, you know. But if you're if you're that like, you know, six foot five, you know, big big full forward, like it's probably not going to suit you. <laughs> Look at this: the long ball. It's always a great option to have a big fella in there, but look, even even look, I'm I'm kicking thirty seven now this year, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm getting up there, but even to to have the cuteness to play in America, like you know, you can just you don't have to be fit, you know, you just have you, you just have to be smart, you know, and what you're doing, and it's all about knowing your midfielders, it's all about knowing your halfbacks and having them trust you, you know, because if you if if you make a run and you kick the ball out front of a person. Nine times out of ten, I'm gonna win it because I'm I'm big and strong enough t- to win it. But you know, when you have this nippy corner forward, and I'm looking at our uh, nippy corner back, and I'm saying to myself, "Hold on a sec here, now I'm not gonna run against this fella. He's gonna he's gonna beat me over ten yards straight away." I'm just going on a little run myself, bring him out there, and then all of a sudden you're leaving a one-on-one for your partner inside, and if he can't score, then he shouldn't be playing. Basically, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, um, but as well. Thirteen aside is grand and great, but then you're also battling the weather. Ninety degrees is no joke. It is really, really no joke. I remember when I landed out here in two thousand ten. Few points, few bottles on a Friday. I'd be grand. It's not the case at all. And we tell every person that comes out here: make sure you drink plenty of water. Don't be going out drinking before games. And you can tell within the first five minutes who's been out and who's been not drinking water because yeah. they're on their feet. You know, it's, an, it's an interesting kind of trade-off there. Like you, you have the boys coming out from home that you know probably have a lot more training done earlier in the year, especially. Um, but you know, you, you'd always be hoping at the same time, like maybe I could catch him there if he's a bit dehydrated or something. You know, um, yeah, but like they all see, they all come out. They're all superheroes. They're all flying fit. They're all I can do this. I can I can win a game on my own. And, and that's the first thing that's one of the, like the rules in in my in the Macanesby setup. It's like you know. All that has to be out the window. You need to be, it's like a brotherhood. You need to buy into this. You know, we're not looking for individuals to go win games. We want to win them together. You know, at times you're going to have to be, you're going to have to bring out that that special technique where you might get a goal out and that's fine. But for the most part, you have to play with it as a team. And if you don't want to play as a team, you're just not going to fit in. It's You're going to be found out within a couple of weeks. And that's what usually happens. And it's, um, yeah, it's look. The manager and everything, it's, he's not looking for, you know, if you're handpicked to come over to America, you're good. You're, you're, you're not a mediocre player. You're, you're, there's, been, there's been homework done on you. People have been talking about you. So you've already made the grade to be good enough to be here. So the next part is, are you willing to drop all your armor and bond as a team? Because that's, that's, that's the only thing that wins at the end of the day. You know, individuality is not going to win any games, you know, if you're going to try and go out there and, uh, and do it all yourself in 90 degree weather. We can definitely touch base more about the football uh, here in uh, in Boston. Uh, can we just go back to because so you were with Kerry, right? Uh, what, what what year did were you with Kerry till? So we landed over here in 2010. I played with Kerry. Um, I done three years with Kerry when I was here. Um, that was you know Kerry are good club there, but. There's just the direction they were going at the time. The um, they didn't really have home base. There wasn't the lads weren't staying the way they used to stay anymore. They were going home. They were leaving. So the 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 team was like there was. I think there was only me and there was one other fella around. that was home base trying to get training going. 
you know, it's just impossible. You know, April, then you have three or four lads getting flown out and they're kind of scratching their heads saying, Jesus, where's the team here? You know, because it's things start late if you don't have a big club. Um, so when I, when I left Kerry then, I, um, I just wanted to better myself. I just, I just wanted to play better football. You know, I've been playing against the Mac and Espy since I landed here and they were just, you know, they're a fabulous club. But I didn't want to join the Mac straight away from Kerry. I just, I didn't, I just didn't want to do that. So I took myself out for a year and I signed in New York. I went up to New York. I played up uh, with Westmead, New York. Uh, the lads up there, Michael Stones and stuff. Top, top class, man. Just real sound. They hunt the air lads. Yeah. You know, just... Did you move to New York, you say, Robbie? Or do you, were you oh, driving up from Boston? I transferred to New York. You know, I was obviously I had an address up there and I was playing up there. Um, also working down here at the same time. So I transferred away from Boston and I transferred into the New York uh, League so I could play up there. But I, So I, I stepped away from the Boston League altogether. Um, mm. I've done a year up there. One, one season, we uh, were in the Intermediate Championship final and we, we lost that. But it was, it was good. I just I always wanted to experience New York. You know, everyone says, you have to go to New York. You have to play the football. And it's something I wanted to do. And I just did it at that time and it felt right. And um, when I transferred back then, I went straight back then to the Mac and Espies. So I didn't, there was no, there was no bad blood between me or Kerry or anything like that. I didn't jump ship. You know, I didn't abandon them. I just... I you just, didn't do an Adebayor on it there. Exactly, you know. You decided you weren't, uh, weren't Adebayor. I had more clubs than Tiger Woods. I, I came back. I felt like I did it right. I mean, they still don't talk to me, but you look, that's life anyway, you know. But, but yeah, so... So we then with them signed with the Mac and Espies then. And uh, yeah, just straight away I knew the Macs, they're always there, thereabouts. They, they, they bring over good good firepower and uh, they, they, they have a good following. Yeah. And, uh, any uh, any spoilers for who's coming over this year? Uh, you know, it's, it's been... It gets that tight. It gets... We don't even know as players. It's There's two people probably in our club who know. That's it. Because it's just there's this big thing of like fellas getting lifted at the airport by the wrong team. They're going out targeting players because they know they're here. So they don't know who they're meeting. So they don't say anything. There's no leakages. It's just whatever turns up on a Monday or a Thursday. Or if you're asked to go and bring a few boys out for dinner, introduce yourself is kind of when, 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 when you kind of know who you have. And until they sign that book, they're not, they're not yours until you, until you pencil it in, you know? Yeah. How how is that experience like when you're taking these lads out like you know like what's their first experience of the US you know because it, it, it's weird like you're you're bumping into a lad so like let's just say you're a lad from down coming over and there's lad there's Robbie Croft coming to pick them up fucking raw Dublin raw Dublin lad coming out right come on we're going out here for dinner <laughs> how does it like how does that even go <laughs> it's just it's it's Look, you have to break the ice with the lads. Usually, um, we actually have a good group of college boys that live together. And Alan picked up two of the lads there last two weeks ago and he said, um, there's two boys landing here. And, and Broly was like, send them up to the house. We'll have a little house for them. And so then they, like, they dropped them up to the house. Um, the boys had a bit of a barbecue. They had a few drinks. They went out that night. It's just far easier with the college lads because they're the same age. They're kind of coming back and forward, you know, so they like they don't want to be going out with the likes of me and Alan. They want to be going out with lads. They want to be going out to nightclubs and all that kind of thing, you know. And uh, 
we're just there to feed them when they've no money is basically, <laughs> basically <laughs> which is every Monday morning which is every Monday and so look if you are, if just buy them lunch just buy them a gallon of water and you know and I was look the last few years the lads have been coming out they've been absolutely boys have been sound really really nice nice lads no there's no dickheads you know <laughs> so it's it's good it's funny you mentioned there earlier like the brotherhood you know like the bond the lads have that come over like you know you you come over with a bunch of lads from you know dublin from down uh kerry but you leave with a bunch of lads that'll be friends for life you know when you're ever in these places like you'll have you'll always have the place to stay you'll always have somebody to go for a pint with somebody that you played with throughout the years it's 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 a unique experience coming out here for the summer it's yeah it's um like the biggest, the biggest thing now for us in the last few years has been a Snapchat, Snapchat group. So like every year we have Snapchat 21, Snapchat 22, Snapchat 23. 22 is still going on. I think 22 is brought into 23. So we keep it all the same. So we've all the big heads and all the lads are writing in, you know, someone like we're always just stupidly posting. Some of the boys even in Port Leash are, they're, they're, they're meeting each other at home. You know, like there's, they're just they're traveling around, and it's it's brilliant because when you win something like we won, it's a memory you'll never forget. It's like you know, you get into finals and you'll lose. That's fine. You'll get over it. You'll live the rest of your life. But what we did, you'll not forget that. I remember the first cup I won when I was ten, and I can remember like it was yesterday. You'll always remember the fellas you were with at the time and at that place. You know, so it's it, it is a very unique thing. Yeah. Yeah, what uh, what would you say is your favorite uh, achievement now, Rob? I'd say, look, I am ten years chasing chasing the the Boston Cup. I've had four, I've lost four finals, um, I've scored numerous numerous points trying to trying to catch this thing, and probably last year was was the was the best thing uh, to win to to captain the team to to win in the way we did. And then for my for my nine year old son to to witness the whole thing, that's you can't. That that's the best thing ever for me. You can't no words can put into how 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 that made me feel. Like you know, even though it was like all a blur, <laughs> after, you know. But it was, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. So can you talk a bit more about the final there from last year? Because there was a big uh, big crowd at that one. There it was. What was the what was the build up like for that? Yeah. So um, the final last year, Jesus. So like we we had a week a week off we two two weeks to the final like so we we won the coin toss and um, the lads the club had brought over a guy Connor McGuire uh, he was the trainer Connor's Connor when Connor landed you know you, you, you know a guy's coming off to train you you know like all right fair enough you know sure like me sure I'm sure I'm around two hundred years playing football so what does he know do you know what I mean so you're trying to buy into this. Um, Connor, Connor had a had a plan, and he went through the plan with us, and he said it's simple. We're gonna do the same structural thing. We're gonna warm up the same way. We're gonna do this in between, and we're gonna finish with this and this. But the one major thing Connor brought into something that I never did personally was band work in training, and I, I never, I wouldn't be a fan of doing any of this sort of stuff. So he started doing band work with us at the start, and I have to say, by the third week, I couldn't train without doing band work. So that was the first kind of build-up. That was the, these little milestones he was bringing. 
Then once he had the structure of the team, everyone was here and signed. He went through who was going to be playing where, like what positions and the whole lot. And then it was just a complete, the last week then, because all the running is done, all the messing around and the hard work is done. It was just game plan. And Connor came up with this system and he had us, he basically said what he wanted because he had studied Donegal because we knew we were playing Donegal. We were all out watching the, the, the semi-final. And there was a couple of things that he, he pinpointed out to us that made perfect sense. And we knew, we knew, we know a lot about Donegal as they do us because we're playing them all the time. We're all living in the same town. So, you know, there's not too much going to slip through. But the little game plans and the little changes that Connor made in, you know, like on, on, a, on a Donegal kick out, a high press to make them go long. Like we have two lads in midfield there, they're like six foot three and they're basketball players. They're American basketball players, so no one's going to outjump these lads. They're jumping the whole life, like you know. So, so once we had Yank kicking long, we knew there we were in a good position to get the dirty ball, the breaking ball, you know. And then there was times then where we would actually let them go short, and we would just fall back, and then we would just march together. And these little things that you don't think are big deals at the time was the reason why we won the championship last year. And it was it was uh, it was it was brilliant. And it was all down to Connor and a couple of he didn't change anything in training. He just he just he he did what he thought was right at the time because he 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 had assessed uh, he assessed Donegal on their on their team. But on the day itself, you know, those are two two and a half thousand people. Sure, I didn't see one person there because I'm I'm on the field and walking around. My son is beside me. We're walking doing the the national anthems and stuff. People are shouting and roaring, but I don't see anybody because when I'm just trying to concentrate on what I have to do today to get to do my part for the team to get over the line. And um, yeah, it was at the end is when I realised how many people were actually in the place. Do you know? Because the whole the whole place they all ran onto the field. It was yeah, it was just happened so quick. It was uh, yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. There's there's been some battles with Donny Gall through the last few years. Um, I know one. I was uh was it twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen we just had Donny Gall in the final. Um, you know, I thought that was the year. I thought that was the that was the one that was gonna break. Uh but you know, unfortunately it was uh you know, at that at that time I was still wearing the Max colours. I mean I still wear the Mac and SB colours, you know, that was that's still my home club since I came here, you know, but that was that was the one that got away, you know, and I think boys are still talking about that's the one that got away. Uh, even though we redeemed ourselves last year, but that was uh, that was a tough one to take. So I was hoping you weren't going to bring it up, but look, sure, look, while we're on the topic. So yeah, we were seven <laughs> points up. Um, still even hard to come out. You know, saying we were seven points up with like two minutes to go. Um, I was playing in goal that year. I had a I had a bad injury in soccer, so I, I ended up venturing in goal anyway, and. Um, yeah, so the last two minutes, this this, this is in my eyes because I've seen it all. So we had got a free in the right-hand corner and I had ran out to take the free. We were seven points up. We were cruising. And for some reason, Tony Roslin from Kerry, he was playing corner forward. He was back there, you know, wherever he was working hard, you know, defending and stuff. And I remember saying to him, leave it down, I'll take it. And he took it, he took the free quick which meant I was our goal. So the guy he hit it to, I can't remember. I can't, he hit it to the midfielder. I can't remember his name. 
But he went down together and he missed. He missed it all together. Therefore, the Donegal lad came steaming through. I'm out of goal. I'm trying to get back. Everyone's trying to rustle to get back. Falls to Barry John King. Boom. Goal. Just like that. The crowd go absolutely mental. It just completely and utterly knocked us for dead because everyone was running towards the Donegal goal when this happened. So we were all caught off guard. And this was the, I suppose you can hit the two-minute marker there. Donegal have a goal. There's five points left. There's five points in the game. There's like a minute 50 left. I'm, I'm kicking the ball out and I'm, I'm strolling out. I'm trying to kill as much time as I can. My two cornerbacks are hidden. They're, they're in the stand. They don't even want the ball. There's no one to hit it to. I, I could have hit it to myself. It was that much space they were hiding. So the ball goes long. Anyway, I kicked it as hard as I could away. And Donegal turned her over again. And now they're coming back and they're building momentum. And they're going through. And all of a sudden, we're, we've built up a blanket defence. And we're trying to just stop them from getting goals. That's all. And and they, they could have taken a point. They didn't because they knew they needed a goal. And they were hovering around the box, hovering around. And I mean, one of the fellas hand passed it into the box. And I remember standing up, just, just past the line. And uh, a guy, Nicky Kelly, just jumped up and he just swung at the, the ball with his fist. And whatever way I was standing, it just went into the left-hand corner, completely blindsided. And here we go there now. Two-point game. Donegal, crowd are going absolutely mental. The place is just insane and we're deflated two goals have gone in in the space of a minute and there's like a minute left so same thing again happens i'm i go out i put the ball down i'm looking for all of a sudden then it's like i have no team i don't know who to hit it to no one wants the ball kick the ball out again same thing they came back and they, they kicked a long free so it's a point game in the 30 seconds left a massive row broke out over in the right in this under the stadium. Tony Brosnan again flicked, body slammed some fella. The fella he was marking, so there was absolute carnage. Both sidelines were on, all the players were on, and that was the biggest mistake that that, that happened to us that day. Because from a thirty second till the game was over, there was another minute and a half added on because of what happened. And so you can see where it's going there now. They uh, they got a point to, to draw the game. And, what, 10 seconds left, the referee then gave them a free, a kickable free in and around the, what, 25-yard line. They kicked it over. And that was that was it. Why is Jesus, if there was a hole in the ground, I'd have crawled into it because that was the worst feeling I've ever felt in my entire life. Um. Yeah, even thinking about it now, it's 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 gut wrenching. It really is. I remember because I was with Gareth O'Neill, uh, and I think we were in the sideline, and that was one of the games that was actually showed on Facebook Live. But it wasn't like a great picture. It wasn't like they did like uh, I think it was the Gales or something was were doing yeah. it. Uh, it's not like last year where they had like it properly like uh, properly live. But I remember Collie Donnelly who used to play with Max. Five minutes to go. I think it was like a couple of minutes ago. I was like, congrats, lads. You know, seven seven points up. Ah, oh, congrats, lads. Brilliant. O'Neill taxed him five minutes later. Lost, lad. <laughs> it's just one of the worst. He's like, he, he thought it was over. Like, you know, like, everybody thought it was over at that point. Like, But it just shows, it just goes to show nothing's over until it's over. And, I, you know, how much of that kind of leaked into the last year's final? You know, because... Oh. 
you know, because there was a certain point in that game where you had to know, right, we have it. But you can't have that thought, especially with what happened a few years prior. Like, you know, I had to be in the back of the head the whole time. Well, yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. I remember looking at the score and we were we were like three up at that stage. And, you know, we were kind of holding on to the ball and stuff. And that was when the final whistle went. I remember I was up. I just went straight up and I, I just I shook Yang's hand and I shook, I think, knocked on his mountain at the time. I hadn't sank in for me because I... I didn't allow it because of what happened a few years before. It was like, I remember being in the goal in 2018. I was nearly crying, saying, I'm finally going to get what I've been working for. And it was taken away from me. So I didn't take anything for granted. The whistle went, and I I just, I kind of had to pinch myself to see if it was real. Like, you know, I'm sure I knew it was real then because me, me nine-year-old son is roaring, crying, coming up to me. So that was it then. So then the tears are all fucking all over the shop and stuff. <laughs> But it was Adams. Yeah, it was looking. Donny Gall, I'd say one thing about them. They never give up. And in all the years I've been playing against them, it's never over till it's over with, with that team. They're uh, they're a good team. They've a good they've a good strong following. So yeah. I mean they've got they've got three teams every year, which is absolutely phenomenal. Like and you have to give credit to where credit deserves, you know, to to come out every year with three teams, a senior, a junior, and a junior B team. You know, as much as the rivalry, you hate to say it, but, you know, it's really, it's hats off to them every year. They come out with big numbers. You know, they they bring out great players from home, which obviously, you know, drives on the Macanespies too, because without that rivalry, you know, the competitiveness kind of goes out the window. You know, so if they're driving it on... They, um. Yeah, like, you know, on one hand, you hate them. You're like, oh, you know, because even at all levels, they're so strong. But on the other hand, you know, if they weren't there, football wouldn't be the same in Boston. You know, and it's like, it's unfortunate there. There's a lot of teams that are they're just not equipped to play senior level. I think there's like three teams this year playing senior. I think maybe Galway are dropping down. And, you know, do you blame them? Do, do, do they have the resources to, to stay at the top? I, I think it's funny there. And old guy, I was in the butchers there last week, and old fella says, you go out there, you spend all this money for what? For the cup? Ah, we never go and feck off, he said, you know. <laughs> He's right, though, you know. Like, at the end of the day, it's bragging rights is all you're fighting for, you know. So. Yeah, but you know what? And we actually had Peter Murray on on one of our shows. It, put, it puts arses on the seats. When you're bringing out these name players, you know, it brings it brings the competition level up, you know. And when you've got, you know, one team bringing out, you know, Connolly and one bring bringing out Brosnan and the other bring the, like, you have to step it up, you know. Yeah. And that's, and there's been some great players that's come over the years, you know. I've, like that team that lost, uh, I think it was 20, was it 2019 that, that year? You know, you look, Tony Brosnan, you had, you know, Pierce Lavery, Dan McGuinness, you know, bunch of lads out that year. Uh, and even last year, it's look even, at that team last year. Hanlon as well. He's, he's Steve. Oh yeah, Hanlon's been playing with the Monaghan, yeah. All these lads, you see that? See that guy, Stephen? Absolutely, what a what an athlete! I just, you know, you, you think you've seen it all, and then he, this dad comes out, and he's like, he's eating celery as his main meal, and he's flying around the place, <laughs> and all of a sudden, then 
we're all drinking celery before training. Just, you know, because it's just insane. You know, one fella brings something in, you know, his six pack looks well, the whole lot. What's your secret? I just like eating celery. All of a sudden, then we're, we're getting blended celery before training. Anything, anything at all, just to, just to keep you going, just to, to get through them horrible training sessions, to get through all that donkey running in the muck and stuff, just, just for that, to be out there in the Sunday, 90 degree weather. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it's good. Yeah, so in uh, in comparison to when you first came out, you you've been here, you've been out here since what twenty ten. Um, you know, what's is there? What's the main differences now between players now nowadays versus back then? Um, I suppose when I came out there, you know, it was the the big the big thing I I I can tip on is um is nutrition. These fellas, there, yeah. you know. They're going out for meals and like their 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 diet plans. They're they're drinking protein throughout the training sessions. You know the big thing is they're actually training in gyms on days that they're not training football. You know they get together, they're meeting up, they're cooking together, and that's a big thing because you know nutrition, especially when you play Gaelic football, it's like Gaelic football is not like any other sport. Like the the the, the like the fitness levels are absolutely through the roof. You know, and every year it's getting worse. You know, like they're coming over and they they're sticking to diet plans, and you know they stop drinking Bud Lights and all this, and they're drinking all this low carb stuff because it's affecting their daily intake of food and stuff. You know, and when you see stuff like that, it's just if you don't fall on board with them and try and better yourself with them, you're just not going to be a part of a senior team, and then you'll just you'll be an intermediate player, and you know, and that's just the way it is, but. That's one of the big things with me, and they share it. They come out and they say, "Well, this is what I have in the morning," and, and you know, and all of a sudden, then we're all in a we're all in a, a WhatsApp group. Well, what we have for breakfast, you know, porridge, bananas, you know, this. Jesus guys going down to the butchers for now, and now Fry is like, you don't want anybody to know. You, you might get judged in training on Thursday. You know that kind of way. Like so, it's it's definitely played a big part. Um, supplements, yeah, supplements. All right, so part. Connor, what we're saying is. Pre-season, everybody's getting on my fitness pal. Everybody's tracking every bit of calories now. Junior C football has just stepped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's it's so true. I mean, like the lads that are come over and you see them come off the field height and they're absolutely just jacked and they run all day. They're, they're, even they they keep them with the weather change. I think when they're like maybe the first little struggle, but they adopt very quick. Yeah, you know, just the, on a Wednesday, <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's definitely. Um, it's that de- it's it's definitely a major factor. I've noticed over the years. You know, even when my brother played, my my brother played for Dublin for years, and he he turned around to me there a few years ago, and he said, "Jesus Christ, if they had protein shakes when I was playing with Dublin back in ninety eight, ninety nine, Jesus Christ, the world is your oyster of how far you would have got." So and then you know it ch- and then it changes. It comes in, and um, a few years later, then it's like it's all supplements, food intake. It's not even about training. It's about your BMI. You're tracking, you know, the whole lot. And and you, you don't think it at the time, but it does play a big factor. Like there's no point in going out and running fifty laps if you're gonna eat a hamburger or a, or a chicken fillet roll. You know, if you're not eating right and training right, you're not gonna be right. You know, and that's. That's something that really stands in June. 
when you're looking at the boys and they can't get into a player fit jersey because <laughs> that's, that's the biggest period is trying to breathe on a Sunday. <laughs> Mind the weather, the fucking jersey, you can't breathe anything. That's the motivation in itself. How do I fit into a player fit shirt come June, July? <laughs> I, I can't, I can't quit say, is there any chance I can get an extra large player fit? They come in one size and, and if, you're, if you're not cool, <laughs> if you're not making it, you're not going to be playing. It's simple. You don't want to, you don't want to, you want to drag the team down and make the look the pitcher look bad, you know. Well, that's so, <laughs> so you know yourself when you're standing in pictures. I'm standing beside Robbie Pickett last year. I had to stand on my tippy toes. I'm six foot one, and he made me look small. <laughs> <clears throat> Talking about Pickett, you know, look at the players we've had over the last few years. You've been on that team, you know. Who's like who would be your standout players that you've played with over the last few years? Jesus, I've, I've had there's a there's a num, there's a lot there's a lot of players I've I've played when you know different times and I think uh, Pickett the lad the boys that were out there was one in, individual last year for me Daryl Lyon Daryl's from Kerry um he's like your typical Australian surfer six foot three blonde hair six pack apparently they all come with six packs now and uh, he just. <laughs> He landed out, he, the boys landed out himself from Buckley. Buckley was another one from Kerry. And I, there was just one in particular thing that made me like Dara a little bit more in the way he was playing. We were playing, last year was, it was a, it was this, the three second rule. Football has gone so fast these days. It's like, you have three seconds with the ball. If you have time to carry it, take it on. If you don't, get rid of it. Because you will just be closed down. Because turnovers are a massive thing these days. So we were playing a game. Dara's Dara's second training session and uh, the ball was coming in, it was given to me, Dara was coming in off my shoulder to break the line and I didn't give it to him because I seen a guy behind him and I took it around and the play broke down and instead of Dara coming, shouting, screaming at me, he came over and he whispered in my ear and he goes, Croft, you should have gave that fucking ball, give it the next time. Now there's two things I could have done here. I could have fucking went at him and said, who do you think you are coming over here, blah, blah, blah. And I held my hand up. And I was like, Dara, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. And ever since that day then, he just, he was he, he was 20 last year. And I just couldn't, for the life of me, he's 20 years of age. The maturity of him playing football. And then to, to come in and just whisper in my ear what I should have done. And that was that was it for me. He was, he was dead right. I took his advice, a younger kid. And it made me a better player. Because that three-second rule was, 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 we worked so hard to try and break the line to get into the goal. Just give it off. Because the day and age now, me taking the ball solo and having a look, that's gone. Because they're going to close you down because they're looking at your age, they're looking at your physicality, they're looking at your fitness. The teams are so well gelled on who they have to attack and who they have to double up on to get the ball back that the three-second rule is so important now. It's just give it off, gone. Give it off, gone. And it, and, it, and it works wonders. That's an interesting concept. Uh, has that been something that's been brought in you just with like modern football? Like how how did that even come across? The 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 reason it came across in in McInnesby's football is because the training is so intense and fellas are so eager to get to win their position over. They're so tight marking. There's no, there's not one fella that's rolling or roaming around free. Every man has a man and it's so tight that you don't even get three seconds on the ball. 
So when you get it, you want to give it off because you don't want to be the one that breaks it down. So the intensity, it's because of the new lads coming out, the 20, 21 year olds with the physique and they're, they're, they're absolutely chiseled and they're just, they just, they, they'll kill you. There's been more fights and training over certain things, you know, and, but it's all healthy fighting. It's all, you know, a fella gives a box. It's healthy to, for two lads to go at it, but it's, it's very important that they leave it there. And it doesn't be on you. He's going to be marking you for the duration of the summer. So deal with it, fix it and get over it. You know, because if it leaks into the team, then, then certain things start to spread and then sides and all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, it's. So you're giving away the secrets there that there was fights in the camp. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, just to go back to that game last year, uh, that final, like the build up and stuff. So, how was that? Like, how would you describe that feeling of winning that? Of winning? It was look at the the Maganesby's hadn't won since 2011. Um, it was it was a long time, they were knocking on the door a long time. Even like Alan, I, I had joined up when Alan had took over. And so we were, we were three years, three, four years going at it, like, and just got so close. It was just, he wouldn't let it go. He, he, the year we lost, he wouldn't let it go. He was like, I'm going again. So once he, once I, I said to him, what, what's the plan? He's like, I'm going again. So uh, therefore I'm going again. I'm not, you know, I'm any day now I'm waiting to retire. I can't wait, you know, but so we just, just winning it was, for him, because the amount of work that goes into these phone calls and these fellas and the the bribing and the, they said this amount and that amount, you know, and it's just it gets old after a while. And you, you come over here and you can have a donkey in front of you who can't kick a ball and he's at the top and like he's the, the best player in in Leitrim, you know what I mean? So once they get here and prove themselves, but just winning it, even for the older guys in the club, there was actually people on that field coming up to me that I had, didn't even know they were a part of the club. Didn't, never in my life seen them. So, like, there is a good following out there. And as you said, it's the big games that gets these fellas out. But the, I, I'd met so many people I didn't know and they're coming up, you know, well done, Robbie. And she, like, I, I don't want to talk around and say, look, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, thanks, you know. But I was blown away with the support they had. There's so many people behind the scenes, you know, that do so much for clubs. You know, and they're the people that, you know, that don't get enough praise, in my opinion. They're the ones who's out there every winter selling hundreds and hundreds of tickets and, you know, raising money for the clubs that were able to be that competitive, you know, in the summers. So, you know, there is a lot of those, like, behind-the-scenes people that, you, again, you don't even know who they are and they're coming up and thanking you. But they're the, probably the most important people in the club because they're the ones that's keeping the club alive every year. No, they, no, they, they, de they definitely are, and um, you know, it's like we're actually we're having a banquet now on Saturday for for winning, um, the cup last year, and like, we'll probably, I'll probably meet a lot of them that are there, you know what I mean? And like, their work doesn't go unnoticed, you know. Like everyone that's involved, the home base, there were like the easy part is for us to play football. You know, but you're right there, like, you know, selling tickets and stuff. And there's nothing worse than going to ask someone, will you buy a square for, for 
for the club to support the club because you know like you know this day and age people don't have it like i go down to green hills there and it'll cost me like 127 dollars for a, a cup of tea and a scone <laughs> you know what i mean because you're, you're getting hit for tickets and stuff but as you say without them people doing all that hard work there wouldn't be football there you know it wouldn't be here it wouldn't exist at all so credit to them boys uh, I was impressed with you there at the end of the towards the end of the game, Robbie. Um, just like with with the freeze and all that, you were you were really booting a few of those over there towards the end of the game. Like I I always say, it's one thing to be able to kick a free, you know, with fresh legs and all that, but at the end of a game, you know, it's it's a different kettle of fish altogether. Um, the, I, I, would you have any tips for someone there to how to handle that mentally or physically? I, you know, it's. Um, as I say there, like it was, it was still kind of all of a blur to me. Like, you know, I watch it back on the telly and stuff. Um, there's just days. Canton is a very strange place to kick a ball. Very strange. In the next month, the ground is too soft. You, I don't, sometimes I don't know whether to kick it off the ground around my hands. The middle of the summer then, it's hot, but it's still soft because they water it. It's just, it's, there's some days that's just, it's unkickable. Then near the end of summer, the grass is leaving. It's all burnt and the whole lot, and then you've hard concrete. So what I, I just, going back to the freeze, just that particular day, I was kicking well. You, you always know when you kick your first free how it goes. Um, I knew I knew that game was going to go to the wire. I actually, like, three weeks. I don't, I don't usually practice freeze in training because like, you'd be so exhausted and stuff. But... The the tour the tour, three weeks to the final Connor had me kicking freeze and he kind of said to me he said look I know you're kicking freeze a long time but you know just get yourself right or whatever because he knew it was you know freeze win games and you know going off that game freeze were very important and they are very important to, to any game so it's very good it's always good to have a good free kick taker but I remember um, there was a free over on the right hand side and Jamie Barry Jamie Brennan from Donegal, um, Jamie was on the left side, and I went over obviously because I was, you know, the free taker. He was the free taker over that side, and he let me take it, and I was a bit taken back from it. And I and I pulled her in from the right, and I, I caught it beautifully. And I, you know, sometimes I do miss sprays, but I'm happy how I catch them. You know, you hit that sweet spot with the ball. And after the game, Jamie was like, "The reason why I let you take the free is because you were kicking well." And sometimes, you know, when you're kicking well, you can't, you just leave, leave the free taker do his thing. And it was um, a paid off that day for sure. What was the feeling like of lifting that cup? Yeah, it was, yeah, it's, you know, I was handed a list to read out, you know, to congratulate. So I was like, fuck, yeah, fuck this time. I couldn't even breathe. It was like, yeah. So to call up the team and everything, like, but just as I said, the biggest, the best moment was my, my son was beside me and I lifted the cup up and we, we'd had a couple of uh, couple of small incidents that happened throughout the year and stuff, certain players or whatever. And um, yeah, I was just happy for them. To just just all that hard work, all them long nights running, giving out, fighting, arguing. Just, that was it. Lifting the cup. You just, you, you're just at peace. You can't, <laughs> that's it. It was, it was a beautiful moment. Really was beautiful moment with and grown grown people with tears in their eyes of joy, you know, yeah. and that's that's what it meant to these people. That's been, you know, it's over ten years, you know, over ten years waiting for that one moment. Like Donny Gall, obviously, 
over the last few years. Well, they've won like three. That was they were going for their fourth in a row, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was four in a row. It was, um, yeah. That's you know they've won it so many times now, and then they can't try and brush it off. Ah, yeah, we've won it, you know, blah blah blah. It's 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 how you win it. It's it's the caliber of player they had that year. It's the it's everything because they thought they were going to walk it, and you know we lost to Connemara in the lead up to that. So it was completely blowing out in the water. So nobody knew what was going on, you know. And then Donegal got hammered by Galway. And like, right. that's the thing about Galway, like, you started, I went out there Saturday evening. I was refereeing up the top. I said, I want to watch this game. I went down. It was like 4-4 four, four to two points. And I was like, where does this come from? Galway, you just don't know what you're going to get with them. You know, a credit to them. They've stayed up senior for this long. I don't know if they're going to be there now this year. But they're a credit to themselves because you don't want to play Galway because you just don't know what you're going to get on any given day. And they absolutely hammered Donegal that day. And and then we lost to Connemara and then it was completely out in the open. Nobody knew what. Galway were even in with a chance of winning. That's how, that's how bizarre it was. But yeah, as you say, beating them that day was brilliant. It was absolutely amazing. You said about uh, you know the work that Alan's put in with the management. You know, I think uh, I think a lot of people were over the moon for him to finally win that cup. The the, the work that man has put in over the past few years, and that man wore, that wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, it's I, you could even see him after after the game; he was speechless. You some, know, some of uh, some Alan gets he gets so in the dressing rooms. He gets so into it, so emotional. Like you be, like we be all linked up in the dressing rooms, and we're, you're, you're tearing, you're, you're, and and you're all in a circle, so you're all looking at each other, like and you be tearing to what you be saying. It's just now sometimes he might stutter and say something that he doesn't mean to say, but everyone's on the same page because they know where he's coming from, and and he's really he he wears his heart on his sleeve. What you see is what you get with him, and. Yeah, he's 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 done wonders for the club. He really has, and you know the amount of work he does himself. Like he's, we're training tonight there six o'clock. Like he's down there at quarter past five setting up. You know, and he he's standing there and he's waiting because he's like he's a Roy Keane mentality. If you're not ten minutes early, you're late. And if you're gonna be five past six, he says, "Don't bother training. I don't want to see it." And once you set them ground rules, that's it. It's. It's it's just it's a bit of um just it's just setting up so so it's run right, you know. <clears throat> Is he taking it again this year? Yeah, so uh, Alan's over this year. He's uh so we're already we're we're we've already done a six week program um in six one seven CrossFit. Um we're outside now, we're we're kicking ball and, and we're only we're thriving. We're just every every week there's two more players we're adding to the team. So, you know, in um I'd say now in the next two or three weeks, there now we'll have we'll have at least twenty four lads training and just ready to go at it again. You know, still a, still a lot of uh, ju- intermediate junior players that they don't kind of you know with commitments and kids and stuff like that. You know, and obviously the weather's a little bit too cold for them, like so they won't <laughs> they don't want to come out and do too much running too soon, like you know. Yeah, so you mentioned about your young lad there. Um... He's uh he's pretty involved with the Gaelic and hurling and all that as well as he. Um, how how would you uh how's the youth scene out in the northeast now? 
Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's actually it's very very strong. Yeah, Shay, my my son is nine, so I um I took I took on managing Shay's team when he was seven. Obviously, you know, like you want to get your kids in early. Um, I was hoping I'd just go down and put them in, and then just be able to watch from the side. But that wasn't the case at all. So I I, I got collared into to do a bit of coaching, and I've had them for the last few years. Um, but St. Brendan's is the club that he plays for, and they're absolutely thriving with, with, with players. Every every year, the roster is doubling, um, doubling up in numbers. They, you know, it's just the, the facilities. They, they, they train in John Paul Park, and it's just... I basically, what I say to people when they want to come down, because, you know, the sports in America is very expensive for kids, you know, soccer, baseball, and all that. So the first thing I say to the parents when I approach them about getting their kid to play, I says it's the cheapest daycare around. It's like $200 for the year. And it's like they, they train two nights a week, and then they play they play a game on the weekend or whatever. And there's, like, numerous tournaments that they play all around America. And once they hear... The, the whole background of Gaelic football and the whole lot, like, you know, Shea's hockey team, most of his hockey team now are down playing with St. Brendan's that I coach just because of word of mouth. And it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's doing very well. They're, they're thriving big time, St. Brendan's. Yeah. And uh, they have a new ladies team, I heard. Yeah, so the uh, St. Brendan's is like, mm. uh, it's a juvenile section. So what happens then, you know, when they get to like 15, 16, like they age out, you know, they're, they're adults. So St. Brendan's have come up with this idea that they're going to start a ladies' junior team. So what happens to all them girls? They don't actually age out and go to a, a girls' Gaelic team in Boston. They've they've started their own Gaelic team. So there's going to be, like, in the next few years, like, that's going to take off. They've already 18 players. And once the kids hit 15, 16, they're allowed to play. So it's it's only it's only getting bigger. Um. Obviously, like they'll once they get stronger, that junior team will be able to bring players out also, like the way it's run. So it's going to be a very, very strong, strong team. And these kids that are playing, these are kids that have been playing with St. Brendan since they're like seven. So it's it's just going to be as strong as any team in Ireland, you know. So and it's the same way with the Fela team as well. I kind of I trained the Fela team last year. I trained the Fela team. They actually won the Fela when they went back to Ireland in their division. And this year again, we're doing it. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be a junior men's team coming in the next year or so. Because what's going to happen is all them kids, where are they going to go? If they don't feel comfortable joining a, a, a club like McInnesby's or Kerry or Donegal, you know, they stay with the kids that they've played since they've been seven. And, and you know, as I said, they're going to have a junior team, I'd say, and hopefully one day. Barnabas in New York, they won a senior championship from all American kids. So hopefully one day St. Brendan's will do that in years to come. But it's definitely GAA in America is definitely looking up. Um, hopefully maybe there will be one day where we don't need Irish players to come over. <laughs> maybe we'll, it'll be an All-American uh, an All-American league with green card holders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you brought up a couple of really good points there. Uh, Ladies football, in my opinion, is thriving. I, I, I think there's a definite... We are in Worcester. I mean, we have the two hurling teams. We have the football, and then we have the New England Camogie team. Uh, but I, I, I definitely see, uh, you know, 
in the near future, a possible ladies team and without a doubt, a youth program. I know some of the other clubs, Hartford, uh, who's in our division as well, they have started a, a ladies football team. They've got the youth uh, youth football going. Providence just entered a ladies football team. So, I mean, I, it's definitely on the horizon. There's definitely going to be a huge growth in that, in my opinion. Uh, but, I, I mean, the resources are there. The, I mean, the USGA provide really good resources for new clubs coming in. I mean, Boston's done a phenomenal job with that. Like St. Brendan's and Trinity, who is, is also in our division. You know, they were a youth club, and now they put in a junior team, and they were playing with us. They actually won. They beat us in the final last year. All, pretty much all American kids and their dads. Phenomenal. <laughs> you know, and it, it was brilliant. And, you know, it was we, we actually played on the backfield, on the B field, and there was more people watching our game on the B final, that I think the was it the junior A final that was on the same time, Connor. I think it was the intermediate there. Kerry ran ran, uh, ran intermediate, there, didn't they? And there was yeah. more people watching our junior C football game, and it just the crowd was unbelievable for a junior C final. But it was all American kids and their families. It was it was unbelievable to see. So, and the play, and it was just one of those experiences. Like for nobody expected that for a junior C game, uh, but. Yeah, it would just credit the Trinity and all American kids and, you know, fair play to them. You know, they, they've all kids that grew up with each other and they're all best mates. And that's that's what you that's what you hope with the GA community, right? It's it's one family. It's one community. You know, it's not just, you know, uh, John Young was on one of our podcasts and he said it. He said it best. It's 25 percent football, 75 percent crack. So <laughs> but it's it's. See them, them, them lads you play against Trinity. Like I coach and all these kids with the family team, and I swear to God, these lads are born athletes. They, they, they don't have to know anything about Gaelic football. These fellas can run, they can fight. They're just absolutely physically and mentally strong. And then you bring in the Gaelic skills, and just like that, they get it. And that Trinity team is only going to get stronger. And it's the same with that the St. Brendan's girls and then hopefully the St. Brendan's boys. But these are five to seven-year programs. If you don't start now, which the work is already being done before I landed in St. Brendan's, you'll reap the rewards in a few years' time when they have three, four, five teams going out. And that's what it's all about. You know, the, the day and age of watching the Irish fellas come over, it's great and grand, but it gets old. And that's why you had so many people up there watching Worcester against Trinity because they were all American-born kids, and you know that's they have a good following and they they done well. They they beat maybe they'll go junior B now, will they, or they go junior A next year? No, they'll. I think they're going to stay in our division. I think it's going to be the same team. So it'll be Sean Oaks, who's another All-American team. Yeah, it'll be Trinity. Uh, it'll be Hartford, Portland, and us and Worcester. So I mean that's a that's a phenomenal division, yeah. and you know it's just and with our division is pretty unique. Because it's we we've no sanctioned players, yeah. so it's all homegrown players. But we can only have three Irish people on the field. <laughs> the only the rest the other ten have to be homegrown American born. So there's you know so you're forced into bringing these American kids in and really like getting out and recruiting and getting new kids in and getting their friends. And that's, I think that's the toughest part is the recruitment, right? So, cause there's a lot of, it's, it's labor intensive. It's, there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes and then you got to get them in and then you got to get the, the proper training, the proper coaching, you know, you can't, no point in bringing them in 
to, you know, all right, go jump on the field there and figure it out as you go. Well, that's, it, it's, that's that doesn't work. John Jones, I'd quote John again, 75% crack. If, if they don't yeah. see crack or a bit of banter immediately, they're not going to go back. You know, there's, you know, I know it's hard to recruit and, you know, trying to teach people. And it's very frustrating when you've been playing the game as long as we've been playing to solo the ball, to bounce the ball. Now, I'm doing this with kids. Now, I, I do say to the parents, look, forgive me if they learn a couple of bad languages along the way, but, you know, you, you, I, have, I have no patience. But, like, when you're trying to teach adults who who will eventually get it, and you, you've probably seen yourself, Gary, you know, like lads that come down, or oh, I play rugby, or I play this, you know, and then when once they watch the game and how it revolves and how, how, how it moves quickly and stuff, it's a pretty it's pretty simple to get used to. It's one of the easiest sports to pick up, do you know what I mean? But as you say there... If there's the, like the crack, there's crack. We were training tonight. The the banter and the crack. You know who got sick, who who pulled the board, who this, who that. You know, like that's that that's the banter you're looking for. You know what I mean? And then come July, then you won't talk to each other because you you be you be so you be so hard in that training. You'll not you'll not care what's going on. You know, but as you said there, the, the most important thing is is having the fun. And who and who sent the the horrible Snapchat? <laughs> Choose the own Gormley, young Gorms there. <laughs> Owen's been out drinking there since he's like 16. I think he's 24, he's coming up there. And he's like, hey, how are you 21? You're out drinking the last 10 years. <laughs> I remember he was coming to training. So that was, I was out here 2012 was the first year I was with the Max. He and he used to come out, he used to come out as a wee one. Hey? Yeah. And just, you know, how he is, you know, there's another lad, a young American kid that's just, you know, it was always small. And then out of nowhere, just grew. Yeah, and he was, there's an American kid that grew up. Now, obviously, his parents are from Ireland. Uh, uh, Dermot from uh, Tyrone and the mother from Monaghan. Yeah. But grew up American kid. But he's starting in a senior football final with some of the best footballers coming over from Ireland. You know, that's that's how good some of these American kids are. Do you know, do you know uh, I just put a, a spanner in the works. Do you, do you know how strong... Our Macanesby's team is gone now. Our captain this year is American, and our vice captain is American. Owen Ward is our captain, and Owen Gormley is our vice captain. Now, if that doesn't show you the volume of where we are, most of our kids that we are waiting to come back for the cup are all American in college and stuff. So we have 12 or 14 of us, and then we have another 10 or 11 Americans to come in. So Whatever about whatever any other club is doing, we're breeding our own American fellas in. And like last year, you had to have two Americans on at all time. We had five. We won that championship with five American-born kids. And then uh, obviously our, our away base and then our whatever home base. Like so, that's that in itself is is absolutely amazing to me. Anyway, you know, like Owen, as you say, Owen's he's a phenomenal player. Like he's just. Sometimes I do I do be dreaming. I watch him. I do get caught just like watching him. He's just he's, he was a basketball player. Now he's a Gaelic player, and he just puts it all into one. And it's just I'd recommend any kid who who lives here play basketball then play Gaelic football. It just makes life easier when you're twisting and turning. So it's unbelievable the difference of watching somebody who's played basketball the spring on their step, like they have that working on that spring jump, like so they're going for a dunk how high they can go up and catch a ball, which is such an important attribute in Gaelic football, especially for midfielders. Like, I watched that final, and oh, uh, one of the Ward brothers uh, was playing that game, and the two of them were just... Playing, yeah. 
Yeah, and the two of them were just fielding balls. And you know what? Doing the simple things. And they, were, they weren't doing anything fancy. It was just up, get the ball, and fist it on to the last, next player. You know, and we, that, that was their job. We, we knew we knew with, with the two... the two Their father won an All-Ireland medal, I think, with Monaghan or, or someone back in the day. Like their father was a, was a county player. So like we knew with, with, with Owen and, and Stephen, like we knew what they were capable of. And they weren't capable of running a full tilt solo on the ball, taking on players. But they were capable of manhandling players, jumping up, catching the ball and giving it off. And this is another beauty of Connor, what Connor did. He's like, don't simplify it. Just catch the ball, give it off. There will be support for you. We have the players and the resources to support you. And then as the kind of the season went on, Owen then start going on these on what's that going on these runs where he was like soloing the ball taking on players so it's just all boils down to just the simple simple things and that's what makes makes and them two boys there now if, I tell you I hate to be fucking marking them just the, the two of them they, they come as a twosome if you hit one of them two of them are coming after you so. you might have seen um, there's a new all-star team they're entering into the junior All Ireland for 2024 going to be all American born lads they're going to try out for the team in um, Chicago later this year what uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, I don't know why this this hasn't been a thing long, long ago. Um, but, you know, it's like you know, it's New York get to play in the championship at home. I don't see why Boston is, and it's absolutely brilliant that they're finally putting a junior team together because the the, the standard of footballers in this town is is absolutely insane, and I think they can brush the shoulders of any county team at home. So yeah, look, I I, I wish them the best of luck. And you have my full support, and here I'm always available if they're looking for an L coach or somebody to shout at them for forty minutes. You know what I mean? But no, it's it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's just another another stepping stone for Boston thriving in GAA. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's been already a put to, a board put together for it, and I think they're uh, in the middle of like uh, working out managers and selectors and stuff. So, but yeah, I mean that's going to be a tough team to pick because you know, remember you're going to be picking. You know, the best of the best American kids from San Francisco, from Philadelphia, from Boston, you know, from Chicago, where it has a lot of talent. A lot of these kids yeah, that's, are... That's a lot. That's a, there's going to be a lot of players there. You know, you're, you know it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be a hard one. What are they going to do? You know, where's the venue going to be? You know, for fellas to have to travel and stuff, you gonna, is it going to be a weekend team, a couple of games here and there? You know, yeah, so look... It's going in the right direction. Well, I wish them the best of luck, and you know it's definitely something to something to look forward to. Huh? Put the put the jersey on, put the the Boston jersey. Was it being a what? What would be the the, the the? It wouldn't be a Boston team, would it? It would be a, a USGAA All American team that'll be entering the Junior Championship at home. Yeah, just it's uh, it's also going to be hard too when they're coming from different places, you know, to do but. Definitely, um, oh, definitely brilliant. Oh, they, they'll, they'll ruffle a few. Uh, part, of me, part of me would love to see a Boston, uh, a Boston team, though, like you're saying about New York there. Um, but you know, we, we... I'd, be cur- I'd be curious to see how they do. Like, you know, there's a lot of you know, say if you're picking all home base or something like that, you know, um, you know, I'd be curious. I'd say, they'd, I'd say they'd be competitive enough. They used well, to New York is playing a, a Boston, a Boston against New York team. They used to do that. I don't know why it stopped. I think one of the reasons why I stopped was we actually kept beating them. 
they New York would come down. You probably play it, Gary. You're probably around. You New York. I was around for that. Yeah, it was a kind of a warm up game or whatever for the championship and stuff. And, and like we we weren't we weren't just a, a bunch of lads that come off the piss for a week to play a team. We were actually geared up to say, well, hold on a minute here. If we can actually take these in our garden here, we might get a bit of recognition. And say, well, why aren't Boston in it? You know, because of the standard of football and stuff. But I, I don't know why it's since changed. But I know they're in a different league and stuff. But I, I don't know why they can't for, for hey, Providence. There could be a good call out there, Robbie. Uh, you're uh, calling out the New York team there to come down and play us. No, what I hear, I wouldn't play them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go to them. Numerous occasions. There's a lot of lads up there. I think personally, they're afraid to come down to Boston. Be <laughs> beaten boy. The players that are here, you know, and sure if they want to come down there, pack the hang sandwiches. So we're here, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? That would be a great game. I, I, I will say in New York, that's going to be a good team. So this weekend, New York is obviously playing Leitrim. Um, this episode will probably be aired after that game, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes because you're right. Uh, all and I think you actually played in that team that played for Boston, the select Boston that played against New York, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, we I was on that team. Um, same, same thing. You know, we 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 put a team together, and we we were with Biscuits at the time. Biscuits off the Blues, and, and Biscuits' mentality was like, you know, you want to get yourself out there, beat them. You know, you, you like why 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 don't you just get a chance of uh, representing America? Why did they get to do it? So that that was his mentality: go out there, beat them in in our garden, and and let let the critics do the rest. You know, now they've been they there has been some great games, real tight games. Obviously, there's a lot of fighting going on and stuff like that. You know, rivalry and all that kind of stuff. But it's definitely definitely something they should look into. But then again, it's you know it's it's hard work trying to organize something like that, you know, it takes a lot of time and effort and, you know, kids, people, people have families and jobs and stuff. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's hard. It really is hard to, to, to run something like that, but it's definitely something to throw, throw a spanner in the works. Well, it'd be interesting because it's New York is technically a county, right? So the USGA is technically its own county. So you could almost have like a, like a qualifier, so you could almost do like right, put your USGA team together, play New York. The winner plays whoever's coming over. You know that would be that would be a very interesting concept. That's, that's yeah. what should be done in a real world, but they 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 just they have all, they hold all the cards. They're like, oh, we picked the team. We you know I've been up there. I've seen it all. I've, I've trained with them. I've seen them. I've seen what goes on. Um, you know it's I don't know. Something, yeah. something that can be done. I think, uh, I think more All Star teams would be cool though. Like you know, like you've you've this hectic season in the summer where it's, you know, it, it gets up to fucking ninety, hundred degrees. You know, um, like to to really bring on a fella and get him to fall in love with Gaelic football. Like if you had a few things going on there in the spring, the fall, you know, when when the weather is perfect for playing games outside, you know, I think it'd be great to see. Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely would, and and here, yeah, like as well. You know, because when you're at home and, you know, you grow up in the system, you know, in and out county trials and the whole lot. It'd be good for kids here. Like, you know, the likes of, like, Owen Gormley, say, for instance, and there's a couple of Connemara guys, Dylan, and a couple of American kids. They're never, they're never going to experience what it's like to play for a county team. You know, um, like, Owen, Owen there, I think, is talking about going home and maybe chancing his arm in the morning team. I, I, I 
can see why that lad will walk in there. He's, he's an absolute stallion of a lad. Do you know, it's just it, something should be should, something more should be done about it. But in saying that, it's been talked about for years, but there's been no action. You know, so yeah. I, well, I'm hoping this junior thing will be a stepping stone because it does give them that next level off right. Now have something to you know work towards. You know this junior county team that's going to go over to Ireland, and you're representing the USGA. You know playing count like playing teams like good junior teams in an All Ireland, and maybe playing in a final in Crow Park. Like yeah. that'd be unbelievable. You know you'd have a. I think you would have a bunch of people from the US going over uh, to watch that game just for like. I mean that'll be a that'll be a memorable experience, it's not just for the players. Be, yeah. Absolutely. But as a but as a spectator, but as a fan and as a member of the USGA, be nothing better to watch a bunch of American kids that you're playing with go over and you know lift the lift a trophy in you know in, in that Irish soil. Well, like, I'll be at the end of the day, all the hard work and training and dedication that you put, you put, I put into myself to play and my kids and the people around me. That's you want to try to playing in the best places in the. You know, Crow Park, that's it. Like, if you if they set up a team and they made it a Crow Park, like, your job is done. You know what I mean? It's like everyone gets a chance, you know. Everyone gets a chance to play in Crow Park. Everyone gets to show what their worth is, you know. But I just think it's a small but unfair how New York get it all the time. And New Boston don't get any recognition. You know, you know that kind of way? So, it's look, it'll probably I'll be well retired before something is done. <laughs> Putting the woodwork, you know what I mean. But I'll give out about it now while I can, you know. So, I think that's a good, uh, good time to kind of, you know, start the process of wrapping up. But I guess I'll uh, uh, close out question. You know, what do you see your involvement in the both in the short term and the long term? Like, what do you see in the next couple of years, and how do you see the future? Well, I'm, 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 I'm majorly involved in football. Still playing, still clinging on to trying to play. But I'm, I'm being a part of that St. Brendan's team for the last five years. Um, and I've been coaching the failure teams each year, you know, lads reach out looking for me to say. So once my days of playing football are done, I'm already I'm already heavily involved in coaching and managing and taking teams. Like we're taking an under 11s teams to CYC this year. Uh, we've been training all winter in the bubble and stuff like that. So look, it's once I hang my boots up, I'll I'll still be very involved. Um, it's just all about giving back, really, isn't it? I suppose when I was growing up, there was parents that gave so much of their time, but it didn't go unnoticed in my eyes, you know, because without them parents, you know, who didn't know what they were talking about in football, but they were there because they wanted to give back. I'm just going to do the exact same thing, and hopefully, there's many more people like me that will uh, will fall in and, and and give back and keep keep the Irish tradition of Gaelic football alive in in, uh, in Boston in, in America. So what? So what you're saying is, Robbie. Uh, whenever you hang up the boots, you're gonna you're gonna do a little transfer over to the Wasterfenians, and uh, you know, you know, don't, don't worry, you don't have to train. You know, just a couple of you know, show up once in a while. You know, we'll put the transfer in for you. You know, Connor Connor has the paints ready for you uh, <laughs> after the games. You know, so I I, I that, you know I know there's no paints before senior games, but junior games. No bother. Yeah. No, no bother. Night before, plenty of them. I think uh, I, I'm actually steering towards being a referee. So um, once I finish playing football, I'm just I'm actually 
I'm, I, I do a lot of refereeing as well, so I just I'll just be nice to me, and I'll be nice to you. How about that? <laughs> well, you've you're looking at two more referees this year as well. So we're both uh, we both just finished up our course. We're uh, we have the certificate, oh, yeah. and we're uh, you're gonna see our ugly mugs out there <laughs> refereeing too. I didn't, I didn't I didn't do any course. I don't know. I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the, I'm the only referee that chased the fella out of the fucking field. <laughs> he started to start to fight, and I tried to bait him. I said, "I'm going to get you out of the game," and then I realised I was the referee. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, refereeing—that's a tough one in Canton. It's just, uh, you know, we actually talked about it in one of the episodes with Peter Murray about the abuse referees get and. You know, it's tough when it's a small town when everybody knows each other, and you know, you go off the field and you're the worst bollocks in the world. Like, you know, ah, you caused us this game and you did this, and it's like, oh yeah, it's a game. No, I, I, I literally, I, I, do, I do feel it for referees. Uh, I wouldn't be, I'd be fairly variable as well when I was when I was playing when I was younger. I've not so much now as I got older, but even out in Canton, there, you know, like. Some of the things that's being said to you, it's it's like it's not for the faint-hearted. It really isn't. Now, I'm like water off ducks back. I says for sixty minutes you can abuse me. I'm still gonna get paid regardless. But there's a fine line where there's like here, shut your fucking mouth, or I'll bait you myself because there's just it's it, you know these fellas, you know some of these lads don't play football and they just come out, you know Frankie and the lads and they're giving up their time. I know they're getting paid and you know it's part of it and stuff, but. You don't know what a lad is going through on that particular day or what's going on in his life. And then you sit there and then you want to abuse him and all over the game of football, over a decision. And like even some of the fellas that I've known in this town since I've landed here are abusing me. And I'm like, you need to stop because you're not embarrassing me. Everybody's listening to you, you know. But I think a little bit more has to be done in regarding the respect of referees and how they're spoken to. You know, like the rugby there, for instance, yes or no, so I think that's amazing. I don't know how 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 they do it, but they have to hide the respect but out in in Canton. Oh Jesus Christ. The things to be said. How, how much if if there was a senior final, let's just say Macanesby is born in it against two teams, how much would they have to pay a referee a senior football final? Me personally, I I go off when I referee. It doesn't matter if it's junior C, junior B, junior A. I have no problem refereeing a senior game because I am fully aware of the rules. I've been playing this sport my whole life. the The only the only difference is it's like it's it's the crowd, it's the heated moments. You know, it's the sometimes it's like sometimes the decision of the referee might be right, but the crowd mightn't like it. Does that mean he has to turn his decision around to please? I I go every game I do. I think to myself, if I'm not fair, even if I'm doing a McInnes game, if I am not fair in this game, I don't care who wins because I'm neutral. I'm a referee, even though McInnes is my club. I only get marked off my last game. So if I don't do it fairly or I'm biased towards one team, I'm not going to get another game to ref, which means I'm not going to get paid, which means I lose that little bit of pocket money that I can make. So I try and be as fair as I can, even when I'm refereeing my 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 missus's games. I if she does a foul, I blow it. I do I do not care. I try and ref it as fairly as I can. And the problem is out here, 
I'm from the Max and I'm refereeing a Donegal Connemara game and all of a sudden there now I'm very biased towards Donegal. You know, I put up with a lot of shit. I let a lot of shit slide as well. But like, they're not going to bully or manipulate me into giving them a decision. You know, you have to kind of stand firm with your decision. You're going to get a lot of shit. And as I said, it's not for the faint-hearted. It really isn't. Well, any advice? Any advice for new referees going in? I just think, like you know, let the game flow. Let let it flow. Like for instance, there now I see him one lad punch a fella, right? And I kind of didn't see it, but I did. So then the other fella punched him back in a different occasion, and he came up arguing to me, and I says, you know what? I seen you punching him first. Therefore, I'm gonna let it go because you both punched each other. Now I'm not. I, I, I don't want to see a lad punching the head off each other and stuff like that. Like, but if, if it's fair, I'll leave a fly. I'll leave a go. If it's, you know, but if there's one lad that's completely taking the piss and punching and the whole lot, well, you, you give him a warning and then you send them the road. But if you, you have to look at the crowd of people. You're, if, you're, if you've done a Donegal game and they're all ratty, sometimes thrown out cards straight away can bring the mood down a small bit. Just You, you get that little bit of authority you're looking for. But for the most part, or just leave it go. You're going to get things wrong. You know, a fella might pick it up. You might miss it. Someone on the crowd won't miss it. They'll let you know. But then you might have someone on the other side might pick it up and you might let it go. You're balancing the books. Do you get me? But it's, yeah, just bring a, bring a bodyguard, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Especially out of Canton. <laughs> All right. Well, Robbie, appreciate your time. Uh, Good luck in the upcoming season. Uh, I'm sure we'll be bumping into each other yeah. uh, in the coming months. And appreciate you taking the time, Connor. Do you want to wrap it up? Oh, did I said you off yeah, there uh, last year. <laughs> what was that? Did I send you off there last year? Now you're <laughs> coming to me now, Connor. Pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it definitely wasn't me anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, Robbie, and uh, thanks for everyone who's uh, listening to this podcast. Um, if you uh, if you like this, uh, do us a favor and give it a like, uh, share, follow, uh, leave us leave a comment, and let us know what you think. And uh, thanks, and we'll catch you next time, boys. Thanks a lot, Robbie. Till the next time.